Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Welcome back to the room where leaders talk about the things that we need to talk about, but we sometimes don't want to. I'm Jenny Dufresne, and today I'm extraordinarily excited to bring to you a really special guest. Helen Nibs is the CEO and founder of Helen Nibs Consulting, which is a very unique uh consulting practice, which you're going to actually dive into a little bit more as we get along. But what's really powerful is that she spent 22 years in the corporate world and leading two multi-million dollar uh, corporations in CEO and C-suite roles. And so taking that experience and taking her corporate leadership roles, she's become a trailblazing corporate alchemist looking at how can leaders be better and what they do and how can leaders elevate the game that they have. And so Helen, Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to delve into uh, your story today. Well, thank you, Jenny. And I'm really excited to be here. And thank you so much for that introduction. It was wonderful. And um, yeah, so let's get stuck in. Okay. So excellent. No, let's. Yeah. So, so you talked about, or as I've done research and kind of, you know, connecting into this, um, you, you're, so you actually immigrated here from, the UK, is that correct? From England? It is. Yeah, that's right. I know yeah. I have to get that correct because sometimes it's like, it's no, it's I'm in this country or that country. Okay. So you immigrated to the US. Um, tell me a little bit about your, or tell us about your corporate journey. Like what, what kind of work were you doing? Where did that kind of end up uh, in your, in your journey? Well, um, I came to the US in 1998. I've just celebrated my uh, silver wedding anniversary with the States. Um, so um, I love it. Yes. So when I came here, it was really just about, I've just got to get a job, you know, because I'm just young and I'm just like, I've just got to get a job. So I started off by uh, teaching kindergarten and pre-K. Oh, fun. Fun, fun. Yeah. Um, which was a lot of fun. And then, you know, coming later to work with board members, um, you know, the, I was like, I, I, the only difference is that they can go to the bathroom on their own sometimes right. with kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> the only difference I'm finding sometimes. So, um, so that was an interesting start. But no, so I just got started in America, and it's really just to prove that you can work in the country. You know, I was like, I can right. work, right. and um, and then I took another job working in a commercial real estate office, um, helping them with marketing. And then that's really kind of how I got stuck onto the real estate side of things. Um, I just kind of progressed from there, which is where I ended up um, as a CEO um, of a real estate association, which um, completely happened by accident. I was already mm -hmm. working there and the CEO left and one thing and another, I ended up in the role. Um <clears throat> So, so I say some things happen by accident, some things happen right. by planning. Because I, to be honest, if it if it had been advertised, which it kind of was, I'm not sure I'd have applied for it. Um, I, I you know, that. I kind of ended up in it by accident. And um, while I was there, I was like, okay, 
how do we unpick this? And, you know, that is such a great lesson for women, I think, um, because women don't tend to put themselves forward and women don't tend to apply for positions that really they could do. And I think, you know, sometimes we're, we're just, um, we're just like goldfish in a bowl. You know, we grow to the size of our bowl and then we stay there, you know, but if someone puts you in a way bigger tank and goes, go for it, then all of a sudden you can experience this exponential growth, you know, and you fantastic. That you have never done. And, and, and I think I'm right, Jenny, right. You were in the, you served in the military. I was in the military. Correct. Yes. So I'm sure that you had the same kind of experience in the military. You were just like, wow, I wouldn't have known when I signed up that I'd have been doing that, you know? So exactly. It's just incredible what we can do when we have to, or when, when we're put in that position. I think you, that's a great, so it's not only a great visual, but it's a important and poignant reminder for women in particular, as you said, but you know, if we, if we only believe that the boundaries of our, of our kind of our world, our leadership, our ability to make um, impact is, you know, from our own lens, it's like, well, I don't have, cause there's research that says that women, if they look at a position description and it has 10, 10 requirements or skills, uh, they can have 42 requirements or skills that would far exceed, but they'll look at the one that they don't and say that, that I can't apply for that job. So that keeps that fishbowl. It also means that we don't have enough women leaders in leadership roles. Yeah. You know, there's not, there's not often to your point of your transition, you know, it's not always, it's sometimes it is accidental. Sometimes it's, you know, right, right right person, right place, right opportunity, right whatever. And I think what you're raising is the power and importance of saying yes, even yeah. if you're clueless about what to do. Um, because I know our male counterparts will look at that same set of 10 skills and not have any of them except one and will go, oh, I can do that. And then go in, renegotiate the salary, <laughs> renegotiate everything to and for their best interest. And then you're like, well, how did that happen? Um, so in your, in your, in your, as you made this transition into, into leadership and into a corporate leadership role, did you ever have, or even along in your career path, did you ever have experiences where you, you know, you had to kind of struggle with, you know, how do I navigate this difficult situation? And again, especially as a woman, and I don't know if it ever came into play that you were, you were, you know, at that point, maybe not, not a, not a citizen or what have not American, whatever. Did right. you ever have to like figure out how to navigate that, whatever those difficult kind of pitfalls were? And if so, what did you, what did you know, learn or have to do? Uh, no, and you're so completely right because really with, with taking that large step up to be that CEO role, there was just so much to learn and to expand into. And certainly the dynamic of people's reactions can certainly be a bit different because, you know, when you get into that leadership role, there is that element of you are going to have to, um, well, especially when it's an association, you know, if it's your own company, I think you've got right, more. It's leadership. different, right. You have you know, we've, yeah. we've got bylaws and policies out there, out yeah. there, you know, whatever. So, um, so it's just like, Hey, I have to uphold these rules. And of course, whenever you have that framework, people want to kick back and they are going to kick back at the most obvious. You're a woman, you're younger, you're not from here. And yeah, I did hear that. And, you know, and I have to say, 
you know, for me, I am very much aware that I have still had it way easier than some other people, mm. you know. So, so I'm just like, yes, I can totally respect what some other people go through for sure. And, um, and, and I'm just like, that's a, that's a surface reaction. Let's get beyond that. But no, one time I actually did think I was on some kind of video skip TV show because I was having to deal with this gentleman um, who came in and he was making um, extremely racist remarks about um, a lady on my staff. And I was like, whoa, no. And I, you know, went down to deal with the situation. And the irony was he wasn't, you know, the... (laughs) He wasn't from America either. And so there was all these kind of situations. And then he had a problem with me. And I was like, oh, my God, am I on TV somewhere? (laughs) I'm being punked. Very strange. (laughs) You never know what you're going to deal with um, on any given day. But I think that what all all women should remember is that we have tremendous resources within us. And we um, what we tend to view as women as perhaps a hindrance or perhaps things holding us back those things are actually our massive strength and power. So Absolutely. our kindness, our compassion, our um, being able to to balance things out and being able to listen, those things are huge. Because you know, um, you know, when you when you work um, in the workplace, sometimes you 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 may um, in my experience, you know, I work for for someone I can think of a male in leadership, they don't want to listen. They would just rather everyone on staff just goes about and does their thing and not bother them very much. Whereas I think a woman in leadership, her strength um, and where the company can grow dramatically is because we're willing to listen. And for me, I know when I was kind of, you know, put into that role, I'm not going to pretend I knew what was going on in all these departments because I didn't. Right. So, and I think the other thing too is not only being willing to listen, but it's being willing to learn and it's being willing to admit that you really don't know everything. That's a huge strength, huge. So if you go and sit with people and be like, okay, because <laughs> I, I don't mind laughing at myself. <laughs> so, um, so I'd sit down and be like, okay, this is like way over my head. Run this by me again. Why are we doing this? Why, why are we doing this? Do we need new software? Do we need a new process? What would make things easier? And, you know, a lot of the times um, at work, people have never really come and sat down with people and said, why are we doing this? Can we make it easier? What's your opinion? Huge. Opens doors. I, t- I totally agree with you. And I, I it is there, again, uh, because our dominant style of leadership that has shaped much of the world mm-hmm. for better or for worse um yeah. is really what we'd have in a military kind of command and control very hierarchical mm-hmm. and it also is very isolated and independent so it 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 refers only to itself right so we that's the ma- sort of masculine paradigm and i think uh to your to your point all women also don't necessarily embody great listening skills <laughs> just being <laughs> Right. Uh, right. So, but I think there, there can be other attributes. And I think the other thing that's important and what I'm pulling from what you're sharing, Helen, is that women also have to not have to, but it's helpful if we really look at our own strengths, not in comparison to a male's leadership, right? but to the things that work in our, in our friend communities or in our family community or in in maybe the larger work environment or on a team, Mm 
because I noticed certainly in the military is that, well, we didn't, I mean, being, being female and how, you know, that was not, it wasn't, it was just, you were completely sanitized in those environments. And now in hindsight, looking at some of that and then looking also at younger, you know, people who are in the military now, younger women in particular, and watching there being more, more of that empathy, more of that compassion, you can do all those things and still have accountability, responsibility, expectations, goals, and, you know, see the hill, take the hill kind of mission focus. So I think that there's, but I, what, what I do hear is that women often diminish our power because it doesn't look like a male's or a masculine form of leadership, or we believe we have to emulate that in order to get stuff done. And I think, again, one of our superpowers for women Mm -hmm. is we can sometimes we're fluid. We're like water, right? Sometimes we can be an ice cube and sometimes we can be a gentle flowing stream. It just depends on the situation. But I think you're raising the importance of really kind of connecting, um, connecting with that. You know, it's so true. And actually it says, um, I don't know if you read the grapes of wrath. We studied it. Um, a long time ago. Loved it. Um, but it talked about the way men go through life and it talked about, they, Mm -hmm. they like, if they come to an event it's like hitting a wall and they hit another thing it's like hitting a wall but it says that women flow like the river Mm. and that's how women flow through Mm. life they're like okay so we've come to a turn of the river maybe there's some debris here but we're going to get through and they just Mm. keep going and I love that um and I do think you're right in the way that women perhaps see leadership for themselves and I think and I hope we're getting over this now where women think that they have to choose you know it's like well if I'm going to be wildly successful in the business world then how do how do I have a family you know so it's just how do we have it all and can we have it all I don't know that's that's a podcast for the day but it's like how do we have that balance you know Right. I mean, I think there's, there's plenty of people that says you, that say you don't, you can't have balance, but you can have harmony. And that means that different things come in at different points in the, in the music, in the music. And, you know, you, you end up kind of in that space. So I alluded to the fact that you have a consulting firm um, that has a very unique mission or focus. And so this is something that I'm, I'm particularly interested and excited to, to, to kind of, to, to discuss with you. So in addition to uh, being a, a leader, having led in corporate environments for you know a couple of decades, you're also a, a healer and uh, someone who, at least when I've gathered, you have managed to come out. <laughs> you've outed <laughs> yourself as a healer and an intuitive, um, and as you describe yourself, an intuitive business consultant, um, and. What's powerful about that, even talking about women and women's leadership, is that many women are very tapped into their intuition and use it in a business environment for the most part, but we're encouraged to actually dismiss it, which is the other part of this kind of interesting dilemma. But one of the things that you talk about is, uh, you know, that there's a corporate way of doing things. There's a, there's a mindset, like, you know, we 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 got to suffer many long hours we got to come to work sick we got to push and push and push and we got to you know we got to win and they got to lose and so there's this mindset and this way of being can you talk a little bit about how through your corporate experience the transition i don't i don't know if it's a transition but but beginning to integrate 
or or come out in in bringing your into your intuitive gifts out in your work environment and then now in your in your business bringing both the the intuitive healing side together with helping leaders and teams in corporate environments be more whole and soul focused as i think you share so how like how did you make that transition because i think it's a very unique one that i think a lot of people struggle with mightily you're right. Um, and I did too, because, you know, no board of directors wants you to come in and go, do you know, intuitively, I really feel we should do this. They'll be like, what right. on earth are we paying this woman for? So, um, but really that's how so many decisions are made, you know, with our gut instinct, we're just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I was, so yeah, so I'd worked, um, with energy healing and intuitive work for a long time, just kind of on the side. And then I just realized to myself, I was just like, you know, Helen, you're just compartmentalizing things in life. And I just don't think that things fit into buckets anymore. You know, I don't think you've got like your business life, you've got this. Right. And I was bringing, um, a lot of that into what I did every day, because that's really the way I think people are. I think all people are intuitive, whether we give however much credit to it and whether we act on it or not, but we Mm -hmm. all get those gut instincts or the thought, no, I should do this or I shouldn't do that. I think we all do, but we have this perception like, well, if I'm going to succeed, I'm going to do business. I'm going to disregard this. Um, But I think when you, when you look at history or or things like that, people were always taking their gut instincts. I know we could, you know, this will work or I'm going to invent this because there's a need for it. You know, so people always been listening to that and I think it's um I think it's really time to to bring that um into the workplace and not in a kind of you know way where I go into a boardroom and I lay out my crystal grid and then you know you know I'm just I'm like no this is really common sense if you think about it it's like how can we bring our best selves to everything we do and that's it in a nutshell how do we stop limiting ourselves or saying, well, that's something I do on a Saturday. Um, how do we bring everything to, to everything that we do? Um, so we're not divided or splintered. So for example, so, um, you know, and I wasn't really saying I was doing this, but when I, when it came to the role, cause I had 19 staff. So when it came to HR and hiring, you know, I'm, looking at the resumes, you know, and you're looking at that. And when you interview people, you're really trying to, um, you're really connecting with that person beyond what is on a page, you know, because you can look at the best looking resume in the world, but that doesn't mean it's a great fit for your company Correct. for them or for you. And one thing I have learned over the years, if someone turns you down for a job saying you're not the right fit, believe them, you're not the right, right fit. And that's not a bad thing. You know, you're going to go somewhere and find your own tribe somewhere else. Right, right, right. So, so in, you know, in using kind of intuition to build a team, that was tremendous for me because pulling those, you know, we end up with 19 staff, pulling those people together, very diverse group. Um, I had all the four, you know, um, you know, age groups. We went from baby boomer right. down to, you know, Gen Z <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, getting those two on a same. I was going to say that's a whole. Yeah, I was going to say that's that would that'd be in its own its own workshop or five. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
you know, the baby boomers like, these people are from Mars. I can't right. communicate with these people. So, <laughs> you know, so it's just trying to get them to, to work together. But so it was a very diverse group, but everyone really um, came together as a team. And that was the thing. It was like, how do we put together a team who's going to work and work together? And so it was very helpful with that. With working with um, collaborations, that is another thing that that if you are more focused on the um, pulling in on the intuition and listening to your gut and thinking, really, because when you when you think intuitively, you're thinking more about instead of like, how am I going to win? How am I going to get the most out of this? You're when you think intuitively, you're more thinking like, how is this going to work? Bigger picture. What is success as a bigger picture? What is thriving as a bigger picture? How do we take it all and all move together? So, so collaborations, it was building collaborations with other associations. When you've got, I had, well, I was running two corporations, so I had two boards of directors. <laughs> That was fun. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like a million committees and stuff. So you it's people, you know, and and I think one thing we tend to think of sometimes is when we think of business, we think of it as like a separate beast all on its own, mm-hmm. but it's just people at the end of the day right. yeah. and personalities. And intuitively, if you can look at people and see their reaction to things, but not take a step back and you're not taking it personally, you can go like, wow, they are really upset about this why are they upset? And if you can address the real issue of why they're upset, everything else deflates. So if you've got someone on a board who is just so mad about something or other, it may not be the issue that they say they're mad about. It could be because of something else, you know? So it's just intuitively, how do we get people to work together in a more harmonious way to achieve the greater goal? I think we, uh, you know, we have plenty of examples where I think when people do leave themselves at the front door of the corporate or work environment, right? They leave that part of themselves and they, it's, it's interesting when we kind of even come back to women and women's leadership is that, you know, corporations that have women in C-level roles and leadership roles tend to be, I forget now, it's like 30% more profitable or 40% Mm -hmm. more profitable than companies. These are of all sizes than companies that just have, you know, kind of the, you know, everything's stacked and it's all masculine energy um, and in the top of the organization. And so it, it comes back to what we were talking about. And, and it's why I, I'm excited to get to talk to you is that this, this, this not notion, but in intuition and energy and understanding that and being able to make those connections is also an aspect of empathy and compassion intuition, listening, it's, it's all of those maybe at a much deeper level, but I, but I think it goes, it goes directly to skills and, 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 uh, I'll say skills that women have, men have it too. And so I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in when you, you know, when you come into an engagement to work with a, a team that let's say I just actually got a call earlier today about a team that is really struggling, um, have had a lot of conflict over time. It's all masculine energy, all of it. Um, and it's, it's essentially so toxic that nothing that's important is getting done on behalf of a much, much, much larger entity. So I'm curious if you can kind of share, like, how would your work help that 
help these sort of like, you know, the Rams, you know, bucking, hitting heads, how would your work help a team like this kind of begin to make those connections, figure out, you know, how to collaborate together? What, what is that? What, how does that work? How do you structure that work? Especially also for naysayers, like, oh, we don't need that. We leave that at the door. We leave those parts of our, our personhood at the door, right? We don't do that. Right. So if so if you go to work with a with a group of people, I think especially, you know, with that dynamic you're talking about, um, anyone coming in going, right, we're gonna fix it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's just gonna get the backs up even more and they're just like, right, okay. Um, so I think um the first part is is um now depending on what you need to achieve with the team. Um and with that team you're talking about, I feel like they've been together a long time, right? So it's just like how, so if it's just like some people were together for a week, then you don't have that, that entrenched kind of mentality where, you know, a lot of the times in these struggles, it's because someone has to feel that there is a winner and a loser and someone you, right. you know, and there's usually right. that victim mentality as well. Oh my gosh. You know, I right. feel like, you know, because you know, I need to be proved right because blah, 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 blah. So, so everybody is nursing those kind of grudges. So what is um, good to do is just, is um, if, it, if it's a small group or a team you're working with, it's like, just break it apart for a minute. Just be like, okay, everyone go to their corners. So what I feel like a, to start with a lot of the time is people just want to be heard. So mm-hmm. I would want to talk to each person, you know, just sit there with a coffee and I'd be like, just hit me with it. Okay. What is going, you know, what's going on? You know, uh, what, what are you guys working on? You know, what, what do you feel like the dynamics are? And just like, let everyone get it off their chest mm-hmm. and then you can pull it together. Um, because most of the time, majority of the time on a team, people want to see results and people want to be successful. They just can't really figure out where the energy dynamics of it all go. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably almost impossible, I don't know, to put a group of human beings together and for them not to form some kind of, you know, power hierarchy there. Right, right. I'm a leader. Um, you know, uh, or the more vocal one, or I'm the person who's just going to follow along and maybe observing, but I'm just like, Hey, if you guys want to just say what we're doing, I'll follow along and go with it. So there's usually some kind of thing where we all slot in on that level. I mean, it's, it's true in families or friend groups, you know, right. We all know that person who just won't stop talking. So, um, (laughs) um, so, but it's the same in the workplace too. Um, and it's like, how do we all get heard? Once we're heard, can we then agree that we actually do want to work together in this direction? And if we do agree on that, then really it's just like, how do we assign things for each of us to do so that we can actually feel like we're moving forward and not just, you know, going around with each other, but actually moving forward with some progress? Because I think most people really do want to achieve things. I think most people do want to achieve success. They just can't quite figure out how to get there on their own. And they're fighting for that kind of position in the, in, in the group. Um, but most people want to be heard. And, and I think once people have been arguing long enough, they know they're not, they're not hearing. They're not being heard. Yeah. And they can't, yeah, they can't because everyone's entrenched, right? It's not right. It's everybody's entrenched in their, in their particular dynamic. I think, and the reason I, the reason I ask, and I just happen, they happen to be top of mind, but the, 
but that example is an example that is is festering somewhere right now <laughs> and yes. things aren't getting done and people are angry and there aren't results, which I think again is going back to the beautiful connection and marriage between your experience and the corporate sector, uh, you know, and navigating, you know, large teams, lots of complex personalities, I'm sure. Two boards is a lot. I've, I've been <laughs> on boards and built boards. So, you know, those, those can be, that can be uh, hectic. Um, so, you know, so the, I think what I want to, where I'm interested is the, like, let's say the example that I gave you, you know, people get heard. There's a pathway of progress that's set forth. Share a little bit about what kind of changes you've seen in organizations or companies that you've worked with, Helen, like what, how have the people changed? How have the teams changed? How have the leaders changed? Like, what have you, or transformed, how, what have you seen in that that you can share? Okay, so for example, um, you know, a lot of the times on boards, um, you will get the um, older board. When I say older, I mean um, people who've served S- on the served board longer. longer. Mm-hmm. Um, not an age, sorry. I mean, just people who've mm-hmm. served longer. Mm-hmm. And the people who've served for a long time and now are no longer on the board. Um, those people, and I don't know if it's true in all industries, but but I certainly found the problem with people who've been on the board a long time or involved a long time who no longer were, all they wanted to do was bitch about what the current board were doing. Right. You know? Um, And so once you've got experienced people on the board or people long time serving, and then you've got new people coming in. So you've got these different um, things. And I think... um, mindsets and so you've got new people coming in going oh we don't like anything anyone ever did before right. and then these people who've served longer are like well you should have seen the mess when we got here and then right. the people who are no longer on the board were like oh it was much better when I was president right um, right so, so it's like how do you honor each of those mindsets because actually all of them may actually have some validity you know correct um so one thing um we did was we had um like a past president luncheon um, every year. So we invited all the past presidents um, and we treated them to a lunch and we went around the room and they all got to stand up and say uh, which year they served and what was one amazing thing that happened during their presidency. Um, and then we, I think we had a time limit because we're like, oh man, we're going to be right. But you know, so then they felt recognized and they felt validated. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes, you know, I mean, I will say sometimes you take a deep breath and you go and get a coffee and you're like, okay, I'm doing this. But sometimes it helps to call a previous board president and or, you know, board leader or officer and um, and to say, wow, um, do you know, we're, we're seeing this right now in the industry or on the board. Um, can you give me some advice or tell me one great thing that happened or how you would have dealt with it when you were on the board? Right, because right. then they really feel like they have buy-in and they really feel like they're listening, um, you know, and they do have that experience. So it's like pull it back in. And then you've got to balance that with the um, the people coming onto a board or onto a leadership team who are like, you know, sometimes they're like toddlers. They're running around going, yes, yes, I have the answer. And they're like, don't tell me about anything that happened in right. the past. Oh, my gosh, right. that's ancient history. Right. But you're like, okay. Well, where's the balance? Because sometimes you'll see, because when you're in the CEO role, you're kind of static and you're seeing all this energy shift, right? So mm-hmm. so when you have the young people, the the younger people to the board come on, 
sometimes they're like, I don't want to hear we tried it before and it didn't work. Right. Yeah. No, they weren't. It's like action, full full force ahead. Oh my God. And you're thinking, we've tried that 50 times. I don't know what the (laughs) 50 is going to make a difference. But, you know, and I think if people just have open minds and go, okay, I'll tell you what we did that didn't work. However, it might be a fundamentally good idea. So what could we tweak? What would you like to see that's different about it? So I think if you can just get the groups listening to each other and seeing that there might actually be some kind of worth in what the other one's saying, then it really helps to to break down those barriers because you don't want your board or your leadership team to be like oil and water. You know, you've got the right. old yeah, guard and that's you've got new yeah. No one gets the advantage of all that experience. So, so no, that, I, I, that's key. I definitely hear the, um, so you do a lot of board work. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. I've done that. And and it's the same really with leadership teams. Leadership teams. Another thing you can do that's very helpful sometimes is to, um, kind of like, um, almost like a mentor relationship. You can team up a, a, like a fresh person coming in to the leadership Mm -hmm. or the board with someone who's got more experience and be like, Hey, what can you, you know, what can you learn from each other? And you could do that for like a, afternoon fun activity or you could do that for like six months be like hey go for it what can you learn when you when you talk about integrating the kind of spiritual energetic or energy um understanding connecting with people really at a at a much deeper deeper level in uh in a corporate setting or in a leadership uh team setting uh this is one of the things that i think is really unique about your approach i mean you know, there's a lot of folks that are in leadership development and training and all that coaching and all that good space. And what I find really powerful about what you're, what you, what you, you know, kind of your space in the world with, with regard to this is integrating in, um, integrating in spiritual practices or an approach in that way. Do you find that like, do you find that there's a lot of resistance to, to, I mean, I, I know earlier we talked about this and you said, you know, it's about collaboration. It's about, you know, we're going with our gut instincts and then helping people understand that better. But do you find, do you find people don't take you serious because this is a part of your practice? Or do you find that people kind of secretly lean in and give you that that midnight phone call and say, hey, my team really needs help. I think you can help my team. We're struggling with these things. Like what what's your, ex- I mean, I'm just curious because it's, again, it's this tightrope, it seems, of things that we don't like to talk about in this country um, with regard to non-religious spiritual approaches, right? Um, we'd stay, we veer away from it or we've labeled it woo woo and, you know, write it off. But I'm just curious when you, you know, because you have a corporate background and the understanding of, of healing and, and that, like what, what's, you know, what do people do? Do they lean forward or do they lean back and go, this would never work in our team? Both. Um, So, yeah, I mean, sure, there's always going to be people who just, I'm not their cup of tea, but to be quite honest, Mm. that'd be true no matter what. So, right, right, right. Um, But there's definitely some people who would rather be like, well, that sounds interesting. I'll contact her afterwards. I don't want anyone to know. Right. Um, But there's also people who are like, 
oh God, we'll try anything. Um, or <laughs> like, or they're like, well, I've heard of some other companies that are more progressive and things are working for them. So it's really all over the spectrum. Um, and I, and I think, you know, talking about it in a, in a much more logical way, cause I, I'm a pretty logical person, surprisingly. Um, but when you talk about it in a more logical way, I think people can understand that better because when you do, when, when I do spiritual or intuitive work, you like, I feel like I still had to work at it and you still have to bring that into the workplace, you know, because to achieve success, to have kept in that role as long as I did, um, cause I was that CEO for nine years and um, that takes a lot of work. So it's, it's not like, um, it, it's, it's like both things take work, um, and so it's like, even if you have that energy, even if you have that flow, it still takes work. And I think that is absolutely fine because I think life's supposed to take work. Right, um, right. So when it comes to to people being interested, I think that they do look at some companies who have, um, you know, amazing mindsets or the way they teach. Uh, treat their staff and I think that came to light a lot during the pandemic where some companies were just like oh well we're closing down bye and just laid a load right. of staff off um, right. and didn't care whereas you had some companies that did so much to make sure that people still had a paycheck and that accommodated yeah. working from home um, and made things work and people you know if you if you offer people a salary alone they may come but they're not going to stay People stay, stay yeah. for the company culture. And really, what is that? It's a sense of someone looking out for them. It's a sense of community. It's it's, it's whatever it means for them, you know, um, but it's more than a paycheck. And so I think that's where the intuitive work with corporations comes in, because it's about bigger picture. It's about connecting to something that is bigger than ourselves. And as humans, I think we're all driven to do that. We all I, yeah. connect to something bigger and, you know, don't matter what you call it or it's, it's, we all want to be part of something bigger, you know? I mean, how proud are people when they're like, wow, I, I did this with my company, <laughs> you know, even if they had no role in it, they're so proud their company did that. They're like, wow, that's so cool. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's, you know, there's certainly a thing, like if people are thinking about how would it work on my team, I can't see anyone going for it. Well, a lot of the times the people who are the most argumentative or difficult people on the teams are the ones that need to be heard and listened to and they're often not the happiest of people. Right. Well, and no, that's, I mean, and that's very true. The the example I gave you is a very accurate one. And I, I to your point, I think, you know, a lot of people aren't heard at work in particular. They may not be heard in other parts of their lives either. And so there's, you know, festering animosity and anger. And then if the, if the skills boat happened to leave them, because we have a massive advances in technology and people aren't caught up with that, they can start feeling insecure, which then, you know, doubles down on that. So I just, I think that, I think, so one of the threads that I'm pulling from our conversation today, Helen, is really the power of collaboration and really the deep, the deep connection that, you know, it's not, it's not just like, let's go have a team party. No. It's like what happens at the team party that brings people even tighter together. Right. The, and that is, I think what I'm hearing you share in your work, that's the, 
it's it is logical actually spirit is very logical in in terms of how it works in my estimation and it can connect with things that already people are already already use like you gave the example of you know intuition being like oh well we all use our gut instincts we're encouraged actually well what's your gut you know well i'm going to follow my gut on this one you know so so uh so it's really powerful um helen as we get ready to to wind down today uh i'm curious what what kinds of what what's a great client for you or a great corporation that you're looking to partner with and do great work with in this realm um well actually i've reached out to a couple of fortune 500 companies just because i'm like why not what the hell um yep. so so um so that would obviously be on my bucket list so really just um working with companies or leadership teams or um, individuals too who want to make that change um, and who want to really not compartmentalize their life anymore, but to bring things together. Because when we move forward as a whole person, that's when things shift. Because I think when you make a difference, you know, in the workplace, for example, like you just said, you know, like people who aren't listened to at work and stuff. Well, imagine if you had a job and you you were listened to and someone was just like, wow, you have potential. We're going to train you and we're going to promote you. Then you're just like, whoa, I feel amazing. Right. You take that home with you and then things start to shift in your personal life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing is compartmentalized. I mean, you know, and sometimes people could be struggling you know, people usually are in one area or another. So right. home life or work life or, you know, so something may not be so great, but if you can boost them up on one level, they can start to shift and raise the other. Because if they can look at themselves and be like, do you know what? She saw something in me. And by the way, I think we need more female mentors in the workplace. Oh, agreed. Yes, absolutely. Agreed. Um, if, if they can say she saw something in me and she gave me this responsibility and she sent me on this work conference trip and wow, she believes in me, then they are going to start believing in themselves. And, yeah. that and that's just such a key. Yeah, that's that is a super powerful note to uh, to to close our conversation out on because you're right. It's it is it is the pandemic revealed those companies that really cared for their people and those companies that saw them as dispensable objects that could be replaced at any time. And I think those companies have also struggled, or their leaders have had to leave. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah. um, uh, awesome. Well, Helen, thank you so much, uh, for, for being on the room. I'm glad that we got to, to chat and learn more about the work that you do and the important work really that you do in the world, uh, helping people kind of integrate these parts of themselves. Uh, but I think also as I would, as I'm listening as a leader, just really helping leaders to lead better because you're right when a leader, you know, is is listening and empathetic and connecting with people still you know having accountability and all those important things people do feel better the boats all start to rise and then guess what people go home they treat their dogs and children and family better and then there's just a constant ripple effect and i think right about now we could use a lot more of those ripples so helen okay. thank you so much thank you thank you so much for 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 being on the room today well thank you jenny i loved it so thank you it was wonderful to visit with you Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, 
please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.